Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas today. I am telling you, you guys are going to absolutely love this conversation. I have had so much fun learning about Ray Zen, and you guys are too today. Ray, it is so great to have you on the podcast. Well, thanks, Justin. I really appreciate you uh, connecting with me. Oh, I could not wait. I, I, one of my favorite things is you know preparing for these conversations. And as I researched you and your background, I just love your story. Um, I can't wait to dive into that today. Um, you, you know, for those who don't know Ray, many of you probably do know Ray. He's the longest, longest serving CEO in Silicon Valley. He was the founder and CEO of Micrell Corporation, which was acquired by Microchip Technology. Um, BYU undergrad industrial management. I was an industrial engineer. Um, he did his master's at San Jose State. Um, is super involved in the entrepreneurial community. Has written a couple of books. We're going to talk about that today. Tough things first and Zen from Zen, Zen of Zen. Excuse me. And uh, Ray, it's just so great to have you here. Well, it's great to be here, Justin. <laughs> I love it. So let's do this. How did you get started? Um, as you were making your way in your early days, you were a track star, a gymnast, you obviously had drive, but like what got you into technology before you even, you know, founded micro? Well, that's an interesting story. So, um, you know, one thing leads to another, in other words, why do we end up where we end up? It's really a, a, you know, fascinating story. So, um, I was engaged to a gal when I graduated from BYU, I I was engaged to a gal that lived in, in the Bay area, Sunnyvale, actually California. And uh, so she was working uh, uh, for uh, uh, a company called Sylvania. And so it's kind of a technology company. And uh, so uh, I applied at a, at a company called United Technology because I was, um, you know, I, I have my degree, even though it says industrial management means industrial engineering. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a combination of, of the two. And so I'm, a, I'm an engineering guy, uh, technical guy. And um, and always thought of myself, even though I was raised um, on, on a ranch, as you would, raising cattle, uh, I re- I really uh, really like technology. I re- used to build and fly radio-controlled airplanes, and and so I was interested in radio and, and just in electronics in general. So, uh, but I needed a deferment, so I went to work for United Technology, um, and uh, uh, they make rocket motors, is what they do, and and. And I was really enthralled with with uh, with aerospace anyway, and and rockets, and and so um, I just dived into that. And uh, then um, uh, my my current wife, the one that, the one I broke up with this guy, <laughs> <laughs> the wife that I married in in 1961, uh, her father worked for a company called Fairchild Semiconductor. And so uh, uh, he said, man, this is a great technology. It's only been around for a few years. Uh, you know, you ought, to, you, ought to, you ought to come in and take a look at it. So in uh, 1963, I left United Technology and joined a Fairchild Semiconductor uh, uh, making these little uh, ICs, little con- not ICs, actually transistors, these little components. Back in, in the very early days, the industry was only like five or six years old. And uh, man, I really grew, grew, in love, grew to love semiconductors. So uh, anyway, uh, to make a long story short, um, uh, I invented a piece of equipment called the wafer stepper. 
1974 slash 75. It's kind of a combination of those two years. And uh, it became a, the, the most important piece of technology that, that our industry uses even today. My, my boss uh, at the time uh, told me I had left Fairchild and, and, and uh, joined another company. And this company I, where I built this uh, or designed this uh, piece of equipment. Said, you know, you don't, you don't really fit in. You know, you don't fit into a corporate <laughs> environment. You, right. you, you need, you, you need to go out on your own. And so, I got on the airplane. Their company is back in Los Angeles, and I jumped on the airplane, came home, and walked upstairs and told my wife, "I'm done. I'm not going to work for any, anybody ever again." And that was in June of 1976. Oh my gosh! And so, uh, so then I started looking around. What am I going to do? You know, right. I had no idea. Uh, what I was going to do, I, I I just knew I was I couldn't work in a corporate environment like that. Right. I mean, not 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 in that kind of capacity as an engineer and a sales guy, and so I I just said, well, I kicked around a couple ideas, and 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 the one that stuck was my Krell, which I founded in November of 1978. I did it with my own money. Well, with that in the bank, I, I borrowed some money from the bank. I think I read three hundred thousand uh, dollars. Was it to get right. started? Right. Yep. Exactly. So, I was a millionaire by the age of thirty-four. So I, I was. Because <laughs> well, I made quite a bit of money because I, I invested in real estate and I also um, earned a pretty good living because of what I did at this company. Uh, you know the uh, the company that I where I invented this piece of equipment, and so I had some money and um, and so I I went the venture route in in, in the beginning. But they they just I, I didn't like the the, you know, the control and the and and just the they they were telling me what they wanted me to do, and I and I'd been that route before, and I says no, I, I don't want somebody telling me how to do it. I want to do it my way, and and so uh, I had to go get bank funding to to, to launch the company. Um, so I borrowed uh, three hundred thousand, and I put up three hundred thousand uh, along with uh, my my partner. And uh, and we started my Krell in 1978. So um, I was talking to my son uh, last night, actually, about uh, he, he started a business and and it and, he, and it didn't succeed. And I told him not to get, go into that business, uh, but uh, <laughs> but well because he didn't have the expertise. You know, it was, got it. He, 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 you he knew like, the, you knew the industry though is what you're saying. I knew exactly. I knew got the it. industry, and I said the difference between what you did and what I did is that I made it work. Okay. And, and even though you, you have all the intellectual knowledge and, 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 you know, you have all of the desire, you, you lack the experience. How important do you think that is? And I, not to jump around cause I don't want to get you off the talk track, but how important do you think that is though from an entrepreneur's perspective? And you've worked with many. Okay, good. Just, let's do that. So, uh, so what happens is if you, if you know that there's a saying that says those who can't teach those who can do, I don't know if you've ever heard that, that saying before. Uh, and so teachers are, are, you know, they can teach, but they don't have any experience. So, you know, they just, they, 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 they can teach you the fundamentals, but there's nothing that, that replaces experience. So, you know, you take a guy like Bill Gates, who wasn't even a college graduate, you know, he had that experience, he had that drive and, and that that desire just to start the Microsoft um, and, you know, Microsoft is one of the, you know, most wealthy com- companies in the world. Uh, and so exp- you can't substitute experience. Experience is so important. And that's what I was trying to tell my son, you know, uh, you know, that, that, you know, you just because you, you're intellectually savvy and you, you, you got a, 
a, a good heart and you want to work hard <laughs> right. your work ethic, that doesn't that doesn't make you successful. So you know you have to have experience. So I did have experience in in the industry, and so I I, I went back and I as I said I started my Krell in '78, and uh, the the difference with bank financing is that you have to be profitable. So I changed my business plan. I had to not come up with a plan to run a, su- a successful, a profitable company. And so from day one, I had to be profitable. Now, the bank did allow me to have one loss in a year, as long as the whole year was not a loss. In other words, it'd be profitable, it'd be profitable for the year, but I could lose money one quarter okay, or two quarters, but as long as it's profitable. Sure. Well, and for those that no Micrell, profitable 36 of 37 years. Oh, amazing. But how did you, did you know on day one it was going somewhere or, you know, at what point once you started it, did you know, okay, we've got something here? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like building a house, right? <laughs> you know, you, you know so how, how do you know when you, right. have that, you know, you, you start with a foundation and then you, 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 you put the, you know, the, the, the walls up and, you know, and then you, you know, you go with the exterior and interior and you put a roof on it and away you go, you know? So, you know, how do you know, you don't, you don't know until you actually move in. That's so, unbelievable. You know, and so it, it's, it's like that, you know, you, the way you know that you've made it is because you got a house. In other words, <laughs> right. you, know, you know, you can, you can move in, you know? And, and so, uh, and so you just, you, you don't, to say you to say you know you've made it is ridiculous because, <laughs> right. uh, you know, there's a saying. There's a saying, Justin. There's a saying that goes: Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is the present. That's why they call it a gift. Oh, so all you, can, all you can do is do so what you can do today. That's true. You can't work, You can't redo yesterday, and you can't, you can't do worry tomorrow. About tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. So so you just work on today. And so that's what I did. I just worked on today. I made today successful. Then tomorrow, I made tomorrow successful. The next day, and I that's we just keep doing that. You know, just how do you build a house? One brick One at, thing a at a time. Yeah. Um, again, for those that know Mike Rell, thirty six to thirty seven years profitable, lowest company turnover. I mean, of most companies in that space. Now, Ray, you got to tell this story. I know you've told it many times to to many audiences, but you're visiting the UK on one of your trips. And you had something amazing happen for, with your vision. Share that story. Oh, that's a terrible story. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, I was reading. I was reading the menu, and I couldn't. I, I thought maybe something wrong with the with the menu, and so I handed it to this the fellow next to me who was who was part of the the road show, and uh, and and he said, "No, it looks perfectly fine to me." And I said, "I'm missing pieces of this of this menu." So wow. anyway, I woke up woke up the next morning, and I was blind. So um, uh, and that's I was, unbelievable. I was, and I was in London. So then I had to get my way back. And then on the way back, I still had five more companies to visit because I'm doing a roadshow. So I spent the next three or four days doing that roadshow, going back, got back to California. And for the doctor said, you just had a stroke of bad luck. And so, you know, it's just a, a you know, medical problem that happened that, that just unfortunately was like cancer or anything else you get to just have to, you have to move on. So I. Right. But then you went on to lead the company for the next 20 years. I mean, like, what did you have? To, what had to change, if anything, in your approach, or you know, in in terms of like, what was day one like in that world? Well, they say there's a saying that goes, "That which does not kill you will make you stronger." So it just made me stronger, even though I lost my vision. I learned to adapt. My memory became better. Uh, well, 
for one thing, the when I when I told the board that I'd lost my vision, they said, "Well, we have to unwind the IPO." So I thought about it for a while, and then said, "No, we're going to go ahead." And they said, "How are you going to do it? You can't see." And I said, "Well, we'll figure it out." You know, just like when I started my Krell, I d- I couldn't see the future at my Krell. All I knew was the future. Okay, but I couldn't see it, and and so I said, "I so I don't know, but we'll make it happen." So I just learned to adapt to to being legally blind and uh uh you know i had to get people to drive me to work and you know and i had to change I had to change a few things and and i had to have people read them read me materials because in those days we didn't have something that could read it you know, couldn't scan stuff to read it you just you had to have, i had to have a secretary that read things to me but my memory improved and so i could remember everything and and uh so it so you, you compensate just like if you lost your leg you know you you adapt you know so uh, you know, that's what I did. I just learned to adapt to the, to the situation that I had. And, and, and that's kind of what, how I lived my whole life. I mean, you know, you, you know, you're going to have trials. I mean, it's to, to somebody says there's no bumps in the road is, has never been driving. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard that phrase. That's really pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it just, you know, you just have to have, uh, uh, assume when you when you get going is that you're going to have there's there's going to be bumps in the road and so but you have to look at that as a bump and not an obstacle no, no so question an, so an obstacle is where, where most people fail they just look and said oh i just can't do that that's that's that bec-. so that little bump became an obstacle well well and you know you're you're known your company was known for its culture and you write about that actually in your books and whatnot but talk about what approach you took to making the culture the best and, and making it so people didn't want to leave the company. I think a lot of companies say they're, they're focused on culture, but miss the mark. I mean, but you really seem to hit it out of the park. What are some of the things that you guys did that were unique? Well, there's this thing that goes, there's no place like home. Have you heard that before? <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay. So I said, let's make my, my Krell like home. Okay. So if you make it like home, then People say, well, there's no place like home, so why do they want to leave? In fact, ha- half the people that left my call returned. We had the highest boomerang rate in the industry because they said, well, there's no place like my crowd. Uh, and, and so, um, you know, what, what I did is I said, okay, how do I make it like home? Well, I explained to them that the company is just like another room in your home. It, you maybe have to go down the hallway a ways, but, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people work from home, right? So I said, you know, what we're going to do is going to make it, we're going to make it like home. In other words, you're, you're going to feel, you know, there'll be honesty, there'll be integrity, there's going to be respect and dignity, dignity of every individual. And then you do whatever it takes, you know, and that's kind of the way I ran the company. And I just, I said, I allowed no vulgar language, no condescending language. You know, you know, we, we just had, we just, you just act like you would if you're at home. Okay. Like you're with you around your children. Now, how important was it for you to have the right leaders in place with you, you know, that also believed that way or acted that way? Was that a challenge or did you already have a natural group of, I'll call it leaders, to help facilitate that culture? Well, it's like looking for a wife, okay? You know? <laughs> oh boy, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you, you have to. Your wife is your partner or your sure. spouse, okay? Because you might be a female running a company. So your spouse is your partner. Okay, and so how do you find a partner? A partner is someone that works together. 
And so I did that with all my hires. I all my people, my executives. I said, you know, we are partners. We have to work together. And we, and so we have to work out our differences. I've been married for 58 years, you know, to the same person. And and so, in fact, coming up on 59 this year. Wow. Uh, and, and so, you know. Uh, Pretty amazing. You know, I mean, nobody teaches you how to be a parent or, or a husband. But, you know, you just you just focus on doing. If you do what's right, then you don't have any fear. You know, you, you just. You, oh, that's you know, a great point. As Judge Judy says, if you have if you have a good memory, you don't have to lie. You know, it's <laughs> so true. You know, so you just you just you you just do what's right. You just you just focus on on, on like I I try to be a better husband, and I don't worry about my wife. I mean, let her be what she's going to be. But my goal is to be the best I can be. Now, when you started the company, did you go in with that mindset, you know, when it was two, five, 10 people versus hundreds? Like, did you go in with a, you know, we're going to make this a family regardless of how big we are? Okay. That from that was day exactly. one. Exactly. I had over a thousand people. Wow. And from day, and from day one, I, I treat everybody like a family. That's so amazing. Now, but why do you think more companies don't take that approach? Uh, I think there's, there's a sense of greed, a sense of selfishness. Uh, you know, uh, I made sure that my salary was no greater than 10 times that of my lowest employee. Uh, my janitor, uh, uh, Francisco, would just come walk into my office and say, hey, how's it going there, boss? And, you know, and we sit down and talk. And I, I didn't look at him as a janitor. Right. It's part you know, of the family. I mean, yeah. I just, yeah. How, you know, you ask, which of your children do you like the most? <laughs> you know how can you, how do you say that how do you say no, oh, I, you can't. I like joe or i like jill or you know you don't you just you treat your kids the same no matter what they're no you know no matter how competent one miss over the other you know i in fact some of the some of the families that have these down syndrome children love that down kids as much as more than they do their other kids no question they don't, so they you don't know, see that yeah no but so you just you have to have that respect that 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 love, that unfettered love for every employee, regardless of of their talents, their their capability, their 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 social status, their you know their race. You just you don't you just look through that. I mean, we are we are all very very important people. So, uh, uh, what is today? Today is Tuesday. Okay, so last last I guess it was last. Mm, I'm trying to remember now when it was last Thursday, I guess, or no Friday. Um, my housekeeper came, and uh, and she had her daughter with her. She had a 19 year old girl with her, and 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 uh, and her daughter was helping her clean the house. Okay, but her daughter attends uh, a school, a college, and uh, and and she said, uh, "Sir," she says, um, "I just bought your book, Tough Things First." <laughs> He said, would, would you mind signing that for me? And, and I, I said, well, sure. You know, and, and, and I said, well, how'd you get the book? She says, well, my professor at, at Hayward State University, Hayward State College, whatever it is, Cal State, it's called Cal State Hayward. She, she, he recommended it. And here she is. Her dad is a tree trimmer. Her mom's a housekeeper. And she is trying to, she wants to take her family up. And so she she thought by reading Tough Things First, because her teacher said, if you want to advance yourself, read Tough Things First. 
And so I took a picture of her, she and I, and, and uh, she's just a little Mexican gal. And, uh, and she's uh, or Hispanic, I guess. And, and, uh, and she, we're holding the book, Tough Things First. And I signed it and I was just congratulating her for, for trying to take elevate herself. You know, she wasn't going to be trying to make it better. She wasn't going to just be a housekeeper. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And, and and so, you know, that's what I'm all about. I am all about helping people. I love that. Well, and you work with a lot of companies today, angel investor and and coach and whatnot, um, tech investor and whatnot. What would be two or three of the biggest things that you see, um, up and coming leaders either miss or need to focus on as they're looking to build a culture like what you had created? Well, you know, you, you, <laughs> I hate to say this, but you, you have to focus on them and not yourself. In other words, it's got to be them, not you. Okay. If you worry about you, I won't type thing. You know? Sure. So, Absolutely. You know, uh, so uh, I think that, that, that most CEOs are so caught up in being the CEO that they, <laughs> right. forget, that they to forget that they put their pants on just like everybody else. And, and they're no big deal, okay? And and so the 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 thing I fought was humility. I want to be humble. Sure. And, and and so I I try to keep that attitude. You know, I'm not this great wonderful person. I'm just one of them. Absolutely. And so you know, I treated them equally. I treated them the same as 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 I would want to be treated. And and uh, and so it. it I think the people just lose sight of, of where the, 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 this whole concept of mankind is now that, that we're all brothers and sisters. We're all, we're part of the humanity and, 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 you know, we can't, we can't take advantage of each other. We can't use each other. We can't, you know, we, we just have to work together. And so that's what I promoted was, you know, if, if you, if you're, your team is behind you. You'll win. In fact, we we can see that in sports. You know, it's the team that wins, not the individual. No question. Well, and another thing you shared with me was that you know, in one of the comments you had said was you build your business like you train your body, heart, soul, mind, passion, like all the things around that, and and the thought process around that is something that seems like you really integrated into your approach. Exactly, and so, you know, uh, the only reason we work. The only reason, Justin, you're working is to provide for your family. <laughs> so that, that's that's back to that's back to the home thing. Sure. Okay. Whether you whether you're a single person that's that that's living in an apartment, in a one bedroom apartment, you're still a family. You know, you're still providing for that family, even though as a, even though as a single individual, you're still a family. Okay. No question. And so you know you're you're there to provide a living. And so what you want to do is provide the best living you can with the skill set that you have. I love that. Well, and we've covered a lot of the concepts between your two books. I have to ask, how did you decide to to title your first book, Tough Things First? Well, I asked, I had uh, an executive meeting with my staff and, and, uh, and I said, you know, I've written this book. I can't come up with a decent title (laughs) for it. And so, you know, many of them had read it to help me proofread it. They'd read the book because sure. you know I'm legally blind. Right, so they, they, I can't imagine. They were, they were, they, they, so they oh were helping gosh. me, and and so Dr. Lynn, J.C. Lynn, you know, he says I got the title, "Tough Things First. And wow. I said, "Well, how'd you come up with that?" Because the book always talks about doing eating the ugly frog first. <laughs> so you know, get get that 
get that ugly frog out of your diet first thing every morning and everything else is great for the you rest know of what, the day so true you know, you know what procrastination is right of course okay procrastination is not doing the tough things first leaving that's the all biggest things for later yeah that's all that's all procrastination is is not doing the tough things first so i had made a habit even since i was a child of always doing the tough things first. Get them out of the way because the rest of the day is a piece of cake. Um, all right. And I have one more question before I uh, have you share where everyone can find you. So I, when in doing my research on you, I found a, another common, a commonality between you and I. We both wanted to be an astronaut. Did, yeah. When did you decide to give up on that <laughs> dream? <laughs> well, uh or have you? <laughs> no. Well, t- technically, I have. I mean, uh, uh, I, it's, I always I wanted to do that. That's what got me in, in, you know, interested in engineering when I was younger. Right. No. Well, it's it's you know, it's, it, you always have these dreams as a child, and 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 so the back when I grew up, that the the uh, um, uh, space was was just getting going. I mean, you know, but. Again, hadn't even flown yet, and then you know Neil Armstrong and the others were now you know landing on the moon, and and uh, and so I always I love flying. Okay, in fact, I've I've owned uh, three airplanes, and but I had to give it up because I lost my vision. But I love I love flying. I I, I just I, I love technology, and and so that's why I joined United Technology was to build these rocket motors and you know, the SRB, which is a yeah, solid, solid rocket booster. Yeah. Right. So I helped design that for the uh, Titan three C, which ultimately oh, became wow. the battle. Yeah. Uh, so I, that, that's what I did when I worked at United technology um, was, was in, in uh, development and design. That's very uh, cool. Of, of, of the uh, uh, SRB. That's uh, awesome. back, back that same SRB they're using today is the one I helped design. Wow. Uh, uh, and, uh, and so, you know, that's how I, gained the love of it but because i left united technology and for and joined fairchild that moved me into electronics as opposed to ah, into, yeah but and so that opened so the career door I, for you that's awesome there you go so that i i what they call it pivoting Justin. that's right pivot that's right it was a career pivot <laughs> <laughs> i gotta get my words right well ray i i mean we could go on and on i love this um Share with our audience where they can find you how they can connect with you how they can get your books how they can you know reach out to you that kind of thing Okay, so um, my website's called toughthingsfirst.com. So they can reach me there, ray.zen at toughthingsfirst.com. They can reach me there. Um, you know, I'm, uh, we, we, we put out a podcast a week. So they can, they, can re- they can see my podcast that I do every week, which are on different subjects, uh, obviously. I've done, over, I've done over 150 podcasts so far. That's awesome. Uh, and, uh, and so I'm just, uh, I, like, I do, I, I work with universities uh, uh, helping uh, uh, entrepreneurs start companies while they're still in school and that's called Zen Starter and that's another program that I have they can read about on my website Tough Things First uh, so I'm, I'm just I'm here to help these young people I love it well I think you've helped a lot of people and I really appreciate you helping me and coming on the podcast today and uh, sharing your story it's been great we, we could go on for hours I, know, I love it I love it <laughs> Very, very cool. Hey, Ray, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, sir. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, 
and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.